Hello listeners and welcome back to another episode of the Plus Dave podcast. We are the Tottenham Hotspur theme show brought to you by a team of Spurs fans and a Leeds fan called Dave. It is Monday night. We are midway through the Man United and Liverpool game as we speak. So we will have up to the minute updates from our very own Chris Kamara on the scene, aka Dave. The Premier League has gone a bit mad. We have no idea what football is anymore. Man United and West Ham are in the relegation zone. Spurs are in a title fight with Leeds. Chelsea are bus wankers and everyone hates Arsenal. So, Dave, what a start to the season. How are you feeling about being in a title race with Arsenal and Spurs right now? Um, what does it say? Stop the count? That's that, that'll do. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you what, Dave, let me ask you a trivia question here, right? Can you tell me go for it. which team in the Premier League that plays in white have played Wolves, Chelsea and Southampton, have seven points, have scored seven and conceded three? Oh, I know the answer to this. This is, this is, this is Leeds United and oh. Tottenham Hotspur. Oh, there's a twist in the tale. It is indeed. <laughs> How bizarre is that? And credit to Justin Dixie on Twitter who noted that and pointed it out to us. So if you're listening, Justin, thanks for that. Fascinating stat. So we are you're ahead of us on alphabetical order, I imagine, right now. Yeah, I guess is that so. that um, Yeah, well, it must be, mustn't it? <laughs> but, um, <laughs> there we go. <laughs> but yeah, it's been a pleasantly surprising start to the season for me. And to be honest, I, I kind of feel a bit cheated that we didn't get three points at Southampton as well mm. what was has been 2-0 up so you know we could have been top or at least at equal top with they who shall not be named um, <laughs> but no I'm absolutely delighted with seven points from the first three games and they do say that if you get eight points or more in the first five games you have a 96% chance of staying up so one more point <laughs> you'll still the next take two 17 games. yeah there we go. I'll, I'll absolutely still take I'll give it a few more weeks. Three games before... in, as Elio said. As Elio yeah. said last week, I don't look at the table until after 10 games. Exactly. And, and so you should. I'll give it at least a few more weeks before I start seriously asking you about your title credentials. But we'll get on to that. We've got plenty to get Appreciate through. That. Elio, welcome back for another episode. You had hey. quite the drive, as you do, for home games there and back. It wasn't quite the goal fest you were hoping for, but it was three points. It wasn't too far off the 1-0 scraped victory with the ball off of Kane's ass that I proposed last week. But how? Uh, how are you feeling after that? Are you happy? Was it worth the trip? Always. We won. Second half, we actually played pretty well. First half, mm. as we'll get to, not so much. Um, but yeah, I'm pleased with what I saw. I just feel like, and we'll get to this later in the show as well, I just feel that there are a few things we can do to play better. Um, I think it's encouraging that we can go from playing poorly in the first half to really, really well. In the second half, it shows that the manager knows what he's doing. It shows that the players listen to the manager when he, let's face it, probably gave them a bit of a rollicking at halftime and also yeah. made whatever tweaks he needs to make. It's also a bit concerning that we've started the last couple of games slow. We didn't start the first game slow, but we did go behind in that yeah. one. But yeah, it would have been nice to start on the front foot. Wolves, were decent though they they mm. deserved to be on on top of the match going into the half time break yeah. and were probably unfortunate not to be ahead I suppose we're lucky in a way that the one thing Wolves do have a problem with is putting the ball in the net and maybe we got away with one then um, I was thinking the other day I can't help feeling and this is probably harsh and I'm sure you're about to tell me why this is nonsense but there's a slight sense of deja vu from this time last year where after three games we were actually top of the league doing very very well and it felt like something could potentially be about to all come falling down. Do you think that's a little bit harsh on our team on the basis of the start we've made to the season? 
I absolutely do. First of all, last season we played three games and created almost no chances and managed to get nine points. Uh, it was, yeah. I mean, I think one of them was a fluke from a Son free kick. One of them was a Deli Alley penalty in a game where we didn't actually have a shot on target. Outside of that penalty, we had, I think, zero XG that game or something stupid like yeah. that. And, and the first game against City, I think the players were largely carried by the... Uh, feral crowds that existed that day <laughs> because of all the Harry Kane drama. This season, we've played really well in one game. We've struggled against a good team away in another game, though maybe less good on the basis of what happened this weekend, as I'm sure Dave is yeah. uh, feeling very pleased about. And, and we will get onto that, I'm sure. And we played at home against a good, organised mid-table side with a good manager who set his team up very well to both stop us and exploit us. So mm. there's two teams on the football pitch at any given time. We're still creating chances every game. Both games that we've won, we could have scored more goals than the goal we did. And it's not as if we've been completely rudderless. It's just not yep. been champagne just yet. Well, on that note, Leo, you'll be delighted and fascinated, I'm sure, to know that we are well ahead of our XG this year so far. We've created 4.67 expected goals, and we, of course, have scored seven. And then our XG against is 2.9, and we've conceded three. So we are pretty much where we are by rights, according to the XG table, which could not have been said last year. We were basically down on our, our XG against last year, which was a bit of a bizarre scenario. But yeah, looking looking pretty good. Um, Dave, I'm curious to get your thoughts on the game, because I know that you've spent hours extensively studying mm-hmm. minute by minute sure, sure. all the ins and outs all the action of of what was an absolute classic for the neutrals right i mean it was you know such an exciting end-to-end football you know who needs man city newcastle when you've got spurs wolves yeah i followed the game a little bit on uh, what's the word the tv the tv um, uh, <laughs> but uh, but to be honest i started following it on that and then quickly lost interest yeah uh, and then followed it through the greatness it is our whatsapp group and uh, and yeah, there was a general uh, oh no, here we go kind of fear uh, going on on that group, and I think it it really did feel like certainly from that group, and then from the obviously the highlights that I watched that Tottenham really really did not get going in the first half, yeah. and Wolves actually you know based on the highlights that I've seen and based on the comments that you guys have made already were a lot more composed and a lot more threatening than they had been certainly against Leeds on the first day of the season obviously they didn't score in their first home game against Fulham and they nearly lost by uh, yeah. by just one penalty save mm. so yeah I think it was an improvement from Wolves but something that then Spurs had to deal with and yeah. you know you dealt would, with it and you've got three points would you say Spurs won ugly yeah I would actually I, I, would, I would unfair Cause, to cause, say because ultimately you have to kind of weather the storm and then you have to take your chances and that's exactly what you did um, I mm. mean don't get me wrong it wasn't like you had one chance and you scored a goal it's not like no. a Burnley um, <laughs> rob job you made some chances the tide had turned by the time that Kane scored the winner I think he had a couple of decent headers uh, beforehand one just over he one that had bar. to be saved he hit, hit the, the bar, bar I think with bar. one of them yeah, just over and one be, uh, and yeah. hit the bar yeah yep. so um, so yeah I think you were definitely coming into the game but at, at that point and then yeah you got your goal and you can just uh, mm. well not necessarily shut up shop but be less ambitious and just game manage your way yeah. through to the final whistle I feel sometimes Dave that you actually prefer watching our games through the lens of our WhatsApp group <laughs> to sometimes. actually watching the game it's almost like when Sky Sports I don't know if they still do it they used to do that fan zone commentary mm. option where you could just hear a couple of absolute nutters from the game Jamie Gascoigne <laughs> those were yeah. the days I it's do, like that I do, in um, written form 
Exactly. But I also do quite like it when you guys, uh, the genius that is the advanced player, as they call it, on, on mm. BT Sport, so that all you have to do is just say, oh my God, what a goal, oh, what a hit, oh, what are you <laughs> thinking, oh, what a stupid red card. And oh, I can right. just log on. You're giving away your back, secrets drop here, back Dave. five minutes and go, oh yeah, that happened, oh. didn't it? Uh, almost as good as, it's nowhere near as good an app, and I'm not being paid by BT Sport, I'm, I'm not Jay Humphrey, <laughs> um, but the Sky Sports app's terrible. But it is like three minutes behind. So in exactly the same way, if we're oh, watching yeah. on, if you're on Sky, you go, "What a hit!" And then I can just wait a couple of minutes, then log in, and then watch it. <laughs> there you go, exactly. Elio, I want to talk to you about the lineup because for the first time this season, we named a different team, and it was partly through necessity, of course, because uh, Romero was injured. So Sanchez came in for the right centre back slot, and of course, Perisic started his first game on the left. Um, I want to get your opinion on the performances of both of those and how you feel they did. So Sanchez defensively didn't have an issue. I think we actually only conceded the one particularly dangerous chance all match, and it was actually one of our own making. And sadly, that Mm. was also to do with Sanchez, with our poor getting the ball out of defence. And while defensively, I thought we were fine, to tell you the truth, offensively is where we struggled because we weren't getting the ball up the pitch out of defence the way we have been. You might have noticed there are a few more long balls than usual. It's because our defenders were not enjoying the Wolves' press. And I know Mm. one player coming out in Romero shouldn't massively affect that. But it did. As a result, Emerson gets the ball later. Kulisevsky gets the ball later. Benton Kaur gets the ball later. We're solely reliant on Dyer pinging long balls into the flank uh, if we can't get it out from our wide centre-back. So Sanchez, I don't want to criticise his performance as such because defensively he was fine. We know his limitations, though, in terms of getting the ball out and they were somewhat exposed. Um, On the other side of things, it has to be said that Perisic was superb mm. not just because he got the assist with the flick on from the corner but I think at least one of Harry Kane's headed chances the first one that the goalie just touched over when it was going into the top corner that was from an unbelievable scooped Perisic cross um, oh, he had no right to get to that did he no none in the slightest the corner from which we scored was as a result of a great Perisic run which resulted in a corner as well he really kept mm. the Wolves back line guessing and I really felt he played a really really good game so yeah Sanchez, no need to go in too hard on him, but he's not Romero. We know this. Perisic, there's a lot to be excited about. Let's keep him fit and let's try and get 90 minutes out of him as much as we can because there's a real player there. Well, more impressive at the moment when we talk about the goal, of course. But on Sanchez, quickly, I've got an absolutely wild stat. And you might have seen it. You might know what I'm about to say. And I really don't know how much to read into this. It's one of those lies, down lies and statistics. But we have not conceded a goal with Davinson Sanchez on the pitch for seven and a half hours of play. What do we make of that? Is that just, I'd love to see the games that this actually covers. But it did obviously include the Arsenal 3-0 win, of course. Let's not forget. Well, that's what, five matches worth of play? More or less. So Sanchez started our last four matches of last season because of Romero being injured, didn't he? So Sanchez... I guess he's got Norwich in there. He's got Norwich in there. He's also got Arsenal in there. So he yeah. he was he has started... He's also got Burnley in there, who are a team that love to screw us, as we know. So Sanchez, like I, said, I already said, he defended solidly yeah. today. And he's defended solidly every time he's played lately. I, I genuinely don't get jittery with him in defence, at least not since Conte became manager, obviously being yeah. uh, the key to that. I think the good thing about the back three, and it has its drawbacks because it also leaves our midfield a bit vulnerable, but it brings the best out of the defenders we do have at the club. It mitigates their weaknesses and it emphasises their strengths. So 
Yeah, I'm not surprised about that stat with Sanchez. He's a good defender. Yeah. Get into 14 out of the other 20 sides in the league. Big cool. Would you take Sanchez, Dave? Um, I think he's on a par with our best defenders. Let's leave it with that then, shall we? Well, look, going back over to Perisic, as you rightly said, he got his second assist of the season, actually. And he, he actually has the third highest expected assist per 90 in the league, would you know, which is a lovely stat there. But Perisic has started very well when he has been on the pitch. And obviously one of those assists was the little flick on for Kane's goal, the winner in the end. Um, Dave, I want to get your opinion on this because I know you're a huge fan of Giovanni Vio, right? And you've been singing his praises ever since <laughs> his days, his days with Leeds. So he's two for one now. He's now got two for and one against. Uh, and that one... I was talking about this with Elio in the group, and I want to know your opinion on this. Do you think that was a rehearsed routine? Do you think the plan was the slightly shorter near post corner flicked on and Kane being ready at the back post? Can you rehearse something that accurately with that much precision? Do you think that was an accident or do you think that was the plan? Of course it was the plan. It's, it, yeah, <laughs> of course it was rehearsed. Yeah. I hate it. I hate it. It's one of my pet peeves. Other than people who go, listen, when they're about to say something... I'm already listening, mate. Don't worry about it. Um, is is the other one when he said, oh, that's straight out of the training ground. It's all straight out of the training ground. <laughs> that's yeah. what training is. It's yeah. methodically going through set pieces, throw-ins, what happens when someone takes a corner and it gets pushed back to the corner taker and then you have to reset. All of these things happen in training. That's the yeah. whole point of training. It definitely was a rehearsed move. It's definitely something that has, has already been exposed quite a few times, actually. I've watched quite a few goals go in recently of that, not to mention one for Leeds last week in Southampton. Exactly the same. Mm. Low cross, flicks on from the front post, and there's literally nobody at the back post apart from the striker who knew exactly where he should go. Obviously, there are times where it gets hit to the front post and it gets headed away straight away, but there's still a block at the back post unmarked. It just never yeah. gets there. Um, so, so yeah, I, I absolutely believe that was her set piece. I yeah. don't think... Giannivio is giving anybody anything new uh, in that sense. <laughs> he'll, he'll be taking credit, uh, though, won't he? I'm sure he'll take credit, yeah. Do you think he gets a bonus every time we score from a set piece? <sighs> he should, really. Well, maybe. Yeah. What I will say, and it's worth having a look at this, uh, there's a video I think we retweeted of a close-up on Kane's movement in the box as that corner is being taken. And he's done a darts back and forth. He's, he's winding up the defender a little bit. He's kind of feigning to go one way, tapping him on the shoulder. And he, he really sells the defender and basically sends him off to Narnia, the wolf centre-back. I've forgotten who it was. The number four, I think. And that part of it certainly looks like instinctive centre-forward play. Like he knew the ball was meant to be coming to where he was. Elio, you think it was a training ground routine come good, didn't you? Absolutely. I mean, everything from Perisic being the person in that position to head the ball, these things are done to minute detail. They look at the heights of different players to think who's the best person to cross it to in that situation and who's the best person to be on the other end. Look at the way Kane moves in the build-up to the goal. Uh, I think you just alluded to the way he sort of goes one way, then the other. He's being held for a minute and he evades him and gets himself unmarked. I mean, everything about that was precise nothing in that was chance uh, as far as I'm concerned the only thing left to chance is will the opposition team be able to defend it or not and that's what set pieces should be it's been so frustrating over the years seeing us just gift opposition clearances after clearance because we couldn't actually do a good set piece routine so no completely intentional love it one man we haven't talked about yet who I really do want to talk about and not for the good reasons we usually do is Mr. Sonny who 
I would suggest had one of his worst games I've seen him play for us, if that's not too harsh to say. And I want to get your thoughts on his performance and specifically whether you think, either of you think, it's time to start Richarlison in the next game. I'm not saying let's cast him out. I know we joked last season about how we were way too harsh on Son and we all know he has his ups and downs. But if you're Richarlison and you've just been signed for a load of money in a squad where the manager has come out and said, we're not a first team and a second team. We're a squad of players. We're rotating. It's horses for courses. Surely you've got to be looking at the fact that Son has not scored in the first three games. He's not been good at all for the last two, arguably the last three. If you're a Charleston, you've got to be asking to start the next match, haven't you? You do. But at the same time, the issue for a Charleston is that it is Son. I came out of the match the other day thinking, yep, Richarlison has to start next time he's come on. He's had an impact both times he's come on, especially today. Looked really, really good. Son also was the top scorer in the league last season. He's amongst top scorers and assists every season. He's got a great relationship with Harry Kane. And you could always argue that he deserves to try and play his way into form a little bit longer. Harry Kane, we would let play his way into form for a little bit longer. Okay, Harry Kane is the next level up. Mm. I think the head scratcher from Conte is from a man management perspective, you need to get the messaging right throughout this. So if Richarlison doesn't get into the team next match, then it has to be in a way that makes Richarlison even hungrier to impress even more. It has to be, yep, you've done well, but we need you to do even better. It's like in boxing, if you're the contender for the belt, if you're not the champion, if you're the contender and it goes to 12 rounds and it goes to a decision, you have to not just be a little bit better than the other guy. You have to be Mm. obviously better than the other guy. Otherwise, the decision will still go to the current champion almost every single time. Son will get the decision if Richarlison doesn't make a very obvious case to be ahead of him. Now, the caveat to everything I've just said is we know Son's a streaky player. Yeah. Always has been. Last season was his least streaky season. He actually had a good season from start to finish. And maybe this is the reason why we've signed Richarlison so that we don't have to just wait for Son to come back into form, wait for Kane to come back into form. So the flip is, yes, maybe put Richarlison in, send a message in to Son mm. that you've got to do better to keep your place now because this other guy is after your spot. And I think actually if we are going to do that, now is the perfect time to do it because we're about to have two games in a row with Nottingham Forest and West Ham. So yep. put Richarlison in this game and put Son in against West Ham. He loves scoring against West Ham, so why not? I don't think there's a wrong answer to this one. I just think mm. it's all going to be about the messaging and Conte's no mug, he'll know what he's doing. Well, my message is the wolf climbing the hill is always hungrier than the wolf at the top. Do you know who said that? I'm going to go with Eric Cantona. It does sound very Cantona. Jon Snow? No, it's Arnold Schwarzenegger. Arnold Schwarzenegger (laughs) said that in Pumping Iron. Um, Actually, a slightly more relevant quote here is from Cody Mack on Twitter, which kind of echoes what you were just saying, actually, Eddie. And I wanted to read it out because I thought it was quite interesting. He says, as long as we get results, I'm starting Son. This is him. Sometimes he looks like this. Sometimes he looks like he did in March, April, May. You ride out the cold streaks so he can cash in when he explodes. His movement adds value even when he struggles. He'll be fine. It's hard to disagree with any of that. But Dave, I want to get your thoughts on this. Just generally in terms of player management, if you're Conte now... And you've seen what's happened in the last few games. We're doing well. We're getting the results. We're winning games. And Son has been in the team for those games. Richarlison hasn't exactly been spectacular when he's come on, but he's doing everything we want him to do. And he's been good. How do you approach it from a man management perspective? What do you say to the players? And do you start Richarlison or do you start Son? (laughs) It's a tricky one. To fast forward to the end, I would start Son in the next game. But I would also start Richarlison 
in the game after that. Because I think Elio's right. You've got two games that are relatively quick in succession. Obviously, it will mm. get quicker over time. But I think it's an opportunity as well as making sure that, you know, Richarlison is rewarded for his good cameos with a start. Yeah. But it also sets everybody's expectations of what's going to happen when you get into the swing of Tuesday, Saturday, Wednesday, Sunday. Um, yeah. Because that's what's going to have to happen. And good you're going point. to have to have that rotation. And at the moment, the most likely rotation is Son for Richarlison. But, you know, in a, in a month's time, Son might have bagged a couple of goals and Kulisevsky's gone cold. And exactly the same thing would happen. Same even with Kane. Um, and I think that's the benefit of you having Richarlison, who can play all the way across that three, is that you have the opportunity to actually rest those players. And, you know, don't get me wrong, if you're playing Liverpool or you're playing City, you want to play Kane. But you have the opportunity to rest it against teams in, for example, the group stages of the Champions League. And that's going to be a massive benefit, yeah. especially when you, you're coming out of a Champions League game straight into a big game that you ideally need to get a result from, a positive result from in the Premier League. Yeah. Let's not forget the inevitable Kane injury at some point as well. We'll have to work our way around that. Well, I didn't say <laughs> What and I maybe, And maybe Kane's given Son his August blues. Yeah, who knows? Who knows? Well, Kane's scoring at least. That's good. And on that note, actually, it's worth a quick shout out to Kane for the second week running. He's now scored his 185th Premier League goal, which now makes him another record holder. He now has the most goals for one club in the Premier League, in the history of the Premier League, overtaking Sergio Aguero. So the records keep tumbling for Mr. Harry Kane. It's very nice. And it's also his 250th for Spurs, which puts him how far behind our record, Elio? Not far off, is he, behind Jimmy? Is it 266 think, yeah. or something like that? Yeah, I was going to say, I think it's about 16 goals. Um, mm. I saw it the other day. He'll have the overall, not the league record maybe, but I'll have the overall record this season, I'm sure of it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, as we said, the game wasn't exactly a classic as much as we wanted it to be, but we always take the result of the performance. Was there anything else you wanted to get into in terms of any particular outstanding players, or maybe outstanding is a touch strong, but any players that you thought were worthy of a mention or any that you thought were particularly bad? Not overly. Defence midfields were defence and midfield, good moments and bads. Everyone much better second half than first. Kulusevsky in particular had a great second half after barely seeing the ball first half. Man of the match for me, Antonio Conte. He's the one that's got mm. the same bunch of players who weren't performing in the first half to perform really, really well in the second half. So well done him. He's worth the money. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, let's talk about our next fixture then, shall we? So our next game is Nottingham Forest away. So still something of an unknown quantity. Always a little bit nervous playing a really promoted team. They haven't been terrible. They're not quite the whipping boys. But I've just been alerted. Before we get into talk about Nottingham Forest, we have some other very important information to address. Over to our man on the scene, our Chris Kamara, Dave, with a report from Old Trafford. Oh, it's going to VAR. Oh, um, what's happening? It's 2-0 two, two to Manchester United. Um, Rashford Ooh, looks wow. like he might be offside, though, but it was a great finish. So he's obviously getting his mojo back and he's yeah. uh, uh, and he's benefited from the start. No, it's been called onside, so it's 2-0. There we go. Wow. Rashford. Who called that one? Rashford and, uh, and Sancho. Rashford and Sancho. I'm in the process of a wild card in my FPL. So this is all very interesting for me. I'm not going to fall into the trap on the basis of one week, but who knows? I'm going to keep a close eye on that, Dave. But please come back to us with more updates. Um, so Dave, this is going to be a great false dawn, by the way. <laughs> Amazing. I was going like, to say. Get, keep him in for the next six weeks. Excellent. Well done. Your loyalties must be somewhat split right now, okay? Because I know you generally like to see Man United lose, but... Liverpool are suddenly your rivals for the title. So, you know, where's where's your loyalty in this game? Who are you rooting for? Well, I, I think Manchester United and Liverpool need to be concerned about staying up. 
I swear, I swear, <laughs> and West Ham one nil. I swear, at one nil. I did, I did hear the scum fans chanting, "We are staying up." I said, "We are staying up." <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, that's quite bold, isn't it? Well, look, we'll keep up to date on that. So let us know if anything else happens. I'm sure there'll be more action very soon. But let's talk about Nottingham Forest then, shall we? I haven't watched a great deal of them, just generally, but not this season either. I know they've had a mixed start. Uh, but Dave, as our expert correspondent on the teams that I have not paid any attention to. Please can you tell me <laughs> what there is to know about Nottingham Forest and whether Spurs have anything to fear? Nottingham Forest have... Are they the new Burnley? Uh, no, they're not. They could be the new Fulham. Um, okay. uh, because Fulham, they've, the new spent, they've spent over £130 million on 20 players this summer. Oh, of course. Oh, actually, that's that's a good stat on that. That's actually more than they've spent in their entire history before this summer, which is well, yeah, that's understandable. That's yeah. that's that's the Premier League nowadays for you, and they haven't <laughs> been in that the Premier League for what was it, twenty five years? Yeah, but yeah, I mean, when you sign a number of players like that, obviously it's going to take time to get into the swing of things, and there's a chance that it might be too late before they actually all gel and become a team. Yeah. That said, the big ace and the big trump card they've got is Steve Cooper now. I don't know if you guys know because this is, you know, this is non-Premier League stuff. So, you know, I don't know if you're aware of this. But but Steve Cooper got the job earlier last season when Nottingham Forest were bottom of the championship. Oh, wow. I did not know that. Uh, and, he, and he managed to get them into, uh, like, solidly into the playoffs. It was a really impressive run. Steve Cooper had already done really well at Swansea. He had Bielsa's number. I don't think we ever beat. Um, oh, we beat them once, which was an incredible game, but enough on that. But other, yeah. the other times, um, yeah, he had um, Bielsa's number. He's a very astute tactical manager. He plays a really smart game of football. If you remember from the FA Cup last season, I think they, they dumped out Arsenal in the FA Cup. I think it was 3-0. Um, mm. They're a good side. Well, they were a good side. I guess the only reason that I would say that they have the potential to not do a Fulham and sign too many players and not gel is the fact that Steve Cooper got the job when they were bottom of the championship and he managed to get that team to gel. So that's obviously an attribute of his. Um, In terms of the signings they've made, I think the Morgan Gibbs-White transfer obviously stands out because it's an incredible amount of money for what is a... Okay, talented twenty-two-year-old English he midfielder. He hasn't played that not, much, has he? Not, not particularly much. Twelve games in the Premier League, or something like that. Yeah. So roughly around about two and a half million pounds a uh, a game. But yeah, I think that does stand out. Obviously, time will tell as to whether that's a, that's a good investment. But I think the investments that are interesting me more than any are. Well, obviously the goalkeeper, and emphasise on De Gea's fun and games last week uh, when Dean Henderson was off saving penalties. But mm. also Nico Williams, who they signed from Liverpool, who oh, yeah. obviously was kind of a, I don't know what I am, right yeah. back, who knows if I'll ever make it kind of footballer. But they've signed him, he's playing him in right wing back, and yeah. he is performing. Yeah. He was the standout player for the times that I've watched them so far this season. Yeah. And then the other one, which hasn't really had an effect yet, is Emmanuel Dennis, uh, who they've signed a striker from Watford. Now, he is someone I thought Leeds should go for. I think he's a real mm. talent. He's only 24. Uh, a good year last year. A, he had a good lead last year, so he's got he's got a one year's worth of pedigree in the, in the Premier League. So I wouldn't want to bet my entire house on him, but at the same time, mm. I think he's got he's got big potential. Obviously, he's not in the team yet because Awonyi scored a goal on his home debut, I think, which is arguably the worst goal 
on a home debut that I've ever seen. But hey, he there, count. He was he delighted. He was delighted yeah. it came off his knee, shin, thigh, <laughs> whatever. But yeah, I think Dennis is going to be an attacking threat. I think Nicole Williams is actually going to be an attacking threat who can actually defend on the right-hand side. Yeah. Um, and I think Henderson is a decent keeper who will organise the defence quite well. So yeah, it's an interesting one. And I think I'm still on the fence as to whether they will actually perform anywhere near getting past yeah. the bottom three. But, um, but at the moment... They are riding on the crest of the wave of being in the Premier League. And of course. You know, the, the city ground was buzzing when they beat West Ham. You're going to the city ground. Yeah. It's not going to... I don't think it's going to be an easy place all season to go. And no, so, no, so you know, I think uh, I think it'll be a tough one. But at the same time, I'm still, mm. I'm still backing you guys to pick up the three points. Do you worry about these kind of fixtures, Elliot, when you're going to an away match against a newly promoted team, especially when they haven't been in the Premier League for a while and you know they're going to be up for it? You think of what happened to Liverpool in the opening day against Fulham when they were just pressed and the crowd really got on the backs of the players. Is this something that you think is a little bit of a concern or do you think we've got enough to handle that kind of challenge? Concern, no. If we're as good as we think we are, then we expect to win this game. Yeah. However, always worth being mindful ahead of a game like this because they've not been in the Premier League for a very long time. Their stadium is a lovely stadium, but a very old stadium with what I imagine is a inhospitable away dressing room for <laughs> the players before the match and half time. Yeah. <laughs> Their fans are going to be like an absolute gabble of raging baboons every home match this season <laughs> because they have not been in the Premier League for 23 years. So Episode title, anyone? Maybe. Um, well, I don't think so. But <laughs> no. uh, it's going to be hostile. It's going to be tough. And it's going to be a test of our sort of pampered champagne players. But mm. we still have a better second string than their first string on paper. Football's not one mm. on paper. I've said that at least a thousand times so far on this podcast. So I don't want to take it for granted. But it's the sort of game that if we're going for first, second, third, fourth, we need to win home and away against Nottingham Forest. Do you think if they nick a smash and grab winning goal against us, do you think their fans will be standing there recording it with their smartphones? Or do you think they'll be <laughs> Now you're just trying to wind me up. <laughs> we, we covered this on Twitter at least once, but uh, you're not a fan of this. I don't want to say new trend because it's not a new trend, is it? But people just filming the game instead of watching it. Have you got a word for those fans here? Um... Not maybe not a word because it won't be a nice one <laughs> yeah maybe not if i want them to keep listening to our podcast but come on guys watch the bloody match it's yeah. only going to happen once it's not a movie it's not the theater it's not even a gig it's as close to a unique couple of hours of your life as possible don't waste yep. it behind a phone screen you can watch it behind a screen on highlights later on <laughs> yeah get involved yeah. support how do you think team. dave watches all of our games it's <laughs> exactly. only live once the Sky Sports will tell you it's only live I'd be, once I'd be fascinated to know and I don't think you'll ever be able to get the actual um, the analysis of this the percentage of people that hold up their phones when someone scores a goal mm. of are the bigger clubs are, no of whom are season ticket holders ah. because I think it's a very touristy thing to do mm. um, and, I, and yeah the reason that I say that is because the only time I've ever done it was when I was at the new camp and yeah. Barcelona got a last minute free kick and I thought, you know what, I'm going to film this just in case and Messi banged it in the top bin. Elio, did you take any photos or videos of Messi when he came to White Hart Lane? I did It was not. White Hart Lane, wasn't it? No, it was Wembley. Oh, it was Wembley, of course. Of course yes. it was. Um, and did you take photos? I did not. No. 
fair enough. You've still seen Messi, so, you know, and he's still on the highlights. I mean, I didn't take any photos of uh, Rivaldo or Ellen Road, but that was because I didn't have oh, a did phone. You, did you play Barcelona in the Champions League, Dave? Oh, you don't know. Oh, yeah, no, yeah. I can tell you tell us more. <laughs> did you take any photos of Flavio Conchesal? <laughs> no, but me and or my Roy friend McKay. did... Uh, me and my friend did, uh, my friend Tom did uh, uh, take all the credit for getting Zago sent off for Roma mm. when we played them. Uh, they were basically yeah. playing, he was playing right back. And we, you know, in the very similar to Bart Simpson to Daryl Strawberry, we just stood next to him just going, we were right on the touchline just going, Zago, <laughs> Zago. Ever the troll, and, ever and the 20 troll. 20 minutes later, he was red carded. Nothing's mm. changed, Dave. Well, look, I'm glad you're talking about the Champions League because that's a lovely segue into the next portion of this podcast. The Champions we League just draw. this together. No, Thanks. no, no. This is not, this is a training ground routine. We start to finish. <laughs> Everything we do here, we practice. This okay? is straight and, from uh, the training ground. And we, of course, have the Champions League group stage draw coming up ever closer, imminently, on Thursday, which might have happened by the time you're listening to this, depending on how quickly I can get the edit up. But yeah, we, we have that. So, I mean, Elliot, I'm always curious to get your thoughts on this, because this is an exciting time for you as a season ticket holder, and, and as a season ticket holder who generally has enough loyalty points to actually get to go to some of these games, particularly the away games. What's your thought process when this time of year rolls around? Because obviously there's a balance. You don't want to get the group of death and get absolutely annihilated and not make it out of the group. But at the same time, is there part of you thinking, oh, I'd quite like to check out Milan or well, you've been to Milan, but, you know, I'd quite like to go to this European city and spend a day there? Always. Um, and it's not even about going to the European city. It's about just getting to see us against the best of the best. I was delighted yeah. when we got Barcelona. That was my dream fixture for such a long time and I'm just so grateful that it happened with Messi still very much at his best. Yeah. I I loved my trip to the Giuseppe Mazza to see Gareth Bale come of age and score that hat-trick before mm. basically retiring Mike on two weeks later at uh, White Hart Lane. Best right back on the planet at that point as well. I loved my trip to the Bernabeu. I, uh, even though we got absolutely battered, I have seen Cristiano Ronaldo at his best in the Bernabeu Okay, against us, sadly, but and Adebayor, so, um, and Adebayor, yes, um, <laughs> quite sadly for them, not for us. Yeah. I mean, even even in the Europa League, I remember being in Lyon in the last sixteen when oh, we that was we, Dembele, wasn't it? That was Dembele in the last few yeah. minutes when we were going out and he equalised late on to put us through on away goals. I got absolutely thrown around the stands uh, for about 10 minutes after that with Spurs fans chanting vociferously. And uh, it was one of the most fun away atmospheres I've ever been in. Uh, we didn't even have seats. Yeah. There were stumps, I think, <laughs> I think is the only way to describe it. So, yeah, absolutely yeah. love playing big teams in Europe. I would happily take the hardest team from each pot. Wow, big call. Well, let's talk about those pots. So I've got them here. So we are, I believe, in pot two, which means we will face a team and not an English team from pot one, three, and four. So pot one, mm. if I'm not mistaken, is Eintracht Frankfurt, Real Madrid, AC Milan, Bayern Munich, PSG, Porto, and Ajax. Ajax would be an interesting one, wouldn't it? Bit of a grudge um, match there. What's your preference? Who would you take out of that group? Just in so terms go of through, go through them again. So Frankfurt, we've got we've got Frankfurt, Porto, Ajax, Frankfurt, Real Madrid, Milan, Bayern Munich, PSG, Porto, and Ajax. I mean, there's no bad place to go, is there? Really? I mean, I kind of want to say PSG just to see Messi again, and yeah. also because they're they're the Although, best. Although, did you see what they did to? 
Lil, well, yeah, was it Lil? 7-1 yeah, or something? Yeah, yeah, I saw. Jesus Christ. Uh, well, didn't they just take Lil's manager in the summer? So, yeah, um, God tier. An I, actual I, manager. I, not this hey, potch nonsense. What Man United's <laughs> next manager, you mean? So, so PSG would be interesting. It's obviously an easier way trip as well. I think seeing Mbappe, Messi, Neymar, that would be lovely, wouldn't it? But at the same time, I mean, I'm not going to complain if we get Frankfurt or Porto or Ajax. They're all teams I feel that we'd be favourites against. But I don't know. Ajax seen it before. Porto, Frankfurt, not exactly glam. I, th- I want a big club. Real Madrid's already seen us batter them. Can't be bothered with that again at this point in the tournament. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and Harry Winks isn't going to play this time, so we've got no chance. Munich always a little bit frightened of maybe oh, an opportunity God, yeah. to get revenge. Um, I had forgotten that happened. I'd repressed that memory until you just mentioned that. I think Paris Saint-Germain Oh, yeah, has to well, be tell me what happened. <laughs> we we were a bit spursy back then, Dave. Let's just leave it at that, shall we? Um, I remember. So the other teams left in the pot are Dortmund, Rebel Salzburg, Shakhtar, Inter Milan, Napoli, Sporting Club de Portugal, Bayer Leverkusen, Marseille, Bruges and Celtic, and I think potentially a couple more that might still be qualifying. Um, any standout from that that you'd like to see us face or you'd like to go and visit or any interesting fixtures among those? Celtic could always be fun, bit of a battle of Britain situation. Um, I wouldn't fancy going uh, up there. No offence to any Scottish I mean, listeners, but I, I imagine that would be a, a hostile atmosphere. We talked about the forest. It would be great. It would be great. Yeah. Bruges is meant to be an absolutely lovely city. Obviously not a team we've played either in this competition anyway. I can't remember if we did in the other one. But I, I think Celtic is the one that's most appetising just because of the whole England-Scotland thing. Don't fancy a trip to Naples, Elio? Yeah, I, I was just about to say, I think Napoli, that from, my, from my perspective, if I was to go on a weird day out of all of them, I think Napoli would be the so, one. Like, it'd <laughs> be brutal. Naples, I've been to Naples, actually, and uh, a couple of times actually passing through to go to Ireland off of Italy. And my defining memory of that is quite how scary the cab drivers are. So, uh, <laughs> and they all support Napoli. Are you yeah. talking about their driving or just them in general? Like the minute you just get into the cab, in, are you scared? <laughs> just them in general. You get into the cab yeah. and when the price is doubled by the end of the trip, you just accept it. I can only imagine as well being disappointed by the food in the stadium. Because you'd be expecting some kind of gourmet pizza and it just wouldn't be, would it? <laughs> well, we will see. So that's on Thursday. We'll see what our draw is. And I am sure we are all very excited to see the games when they eventually roll around. It's going to be a big challenge for us. On to equally important matters for a second now. Um, Dave, you might recall, and listeners, you might recall, that we've been running a series of votes to determine our Plus Dave Spurs Royal Rumble champion. And Dave, you, you had some bold predictions. You were pretty certain that one man was going to take it. I've got to ask you this. Have you seen the results of the vote? Because we do have a champion, as voted for by our followers on Twitter. I haven't seen it. I did vote for mm. the great Ivan. Well, without spoiling it, Elio, have you seen the winner? No, no, I haven't no. actually. Well, if you're one of our listeners who hasn't voted on this or just somebody who doesn't care and wants to get to the next part of the podcast, then stand by and I will tell you in reverse order, our final four, as voted for by you, as the hardest man at Spurs and the winner of the Spurs Royal Rumble, with a measly 4% of the vote was poor Pierre-Emil Hoiberg. In third place, with 19%, was your shout, Ivan Perisic, taking the bronze medal. <laughs> fix. In second place, with 31%, was Eric Dyer, meaning the man himself, the shithousing champion, is Romero with 46%. The winner, <laughs> your winner of the Plus Dave Royal Rumble, and by quite a margin as well. Anything to say on that, Elio? Um, I think I voted for Dyer. Would you want to fight Romero? 
I would not want to fight Romero. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, if that's what this is based on, you know, they're all one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you wouldn't fancy your chances against any of them, really, would you? Even like Brian Hill, I reckon, is probably dramatically fitter than me. That alone would, would make it a pretty strong fight. He'd just fight. be cardio, he'd just run around the yeah, he'd just be running around so yeah. times, so that I'd be knackered chasing him. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, I, I mean, I definitely wouldn't want to fight Lucas Moura. Slight man though he is, I'm pretty sure he could kick my head off without even thinking, so... <laughs> yeah, exactly, we've seen how he can probably jump. Probably aiming for your legs. <laughs> well that's probably more than enough time on that particular discussion isn't it but uh, but yeah thank you for all of you who did vote and i hope you enjoyed our hilarious photoshops along the way for that journey and well done to mr romero i'm sure you're listening and i'm sure you backed yourself from the first round and a very deserved victory there but uh, please don't try any of your wrestling moves on the pitch anymore because we'd like to see you return from injury and not get immediately suspended <laughs> while we're on the point of twitter please do follow us on twitter we are at plus dave podcast we tweet a whole load of nonsense and we also have our own individual Twitter accounts. I'm at plus Dave Dags. Dave is at Fantasy Dave. And Elio is at Elio underscore P underscore THFC. And speaking of Twitter, we're not quite a challenge, Elio, yet. I've just got another quick feature just for a bit of fun. And Elio, you're going to hate every minute of this, but let's see how it goes. Um, somebody tweeted at Harry Kane when he was doing a bit of a Q&A in celebration of him breaking another record. And someone asked him to put together his perfect Spurs player with attributes from players that he's played with. And he responded, perhaps quite diplomatically, with Jermaine Defoe's finishing, Kyle Walker's pace, Musa Dembele's dribbling, and Tom Huddleston's passing. So I'm going to go a little bit more granular than this, Elio. I'm going to read out some attributes. And Dave, feel free to jump in if you think Elio's missed a trick here. And I want you to tell me, almost in like a quick-fire, instinctive, first name that comes to mind fashion, how you would create your perfect Frankenstein's monster of a Tottenham player. And we're going to start with finishing. So my perfect Tottenham player, and we're starting with finishing. Am I allowed yep. to use current players? You can use current players. I will. Harry Kane then, left foot, right foot. Harry head. Kane's finishing. Yeah, best finisher. Heading. Could be a defender, could be an attacker. I could be. I'd be tempted to go for... This is going to sound really weird because he wasn't the biggest guy either, but because he more. won every single header. <laughs> no, no, no. The ball was just magnetised to his head and obviously he scored a very important header for one, us once as well. Jonathan Woodgate. Mm. But defensively, even <laughs> though he wasn't a big guy... Dave's thrown his arms up the in ball celebration. Just, it was ridiculous. Like, uh, he didn't actually direct it brilliantly every time, but oh, wow. Oh, are you, oh, you <laughs> trying to guess in advance? Oh, so Dave's We're writing open. down his answers as Elio deliberates. Okay. I mean, if we're talking about who's the best so, with his face, yeah. you know, ball to face into the net, then that's a no-brainer. Honest to God, the ball was just attracted to his head. His reading of the flight of the ball was incredible. It's probably the one thing any centre-back has had better than Ludley King in the Premier League. So what, somewhere, Spurs. Peter Crouch is seething at you, not choosing him. <laughs> well, He didn't have to be that good at heading because he the ball was just there, right? He didn't even have yeah. to jump. Um, passing. <sighs> It depends what we're thinking of in terms of passing. I mean, Michael Carrick was a beautiful passer. So much for quick ball. fire. His long raking yeah. balls were incredible. <laughs> but, Dave, have you written uh, down Carrick? There's also I was Luke... about to. <laughs> I'm not going to now. <laughs> but there's also Luka Modric and his unbelievable knack of orchestrating an entire team mm. from start to finish with the right pass every yeah. single time. I wish I could blend the two of them together. You can together. reuse players. You could use Harry. Mm, no, I mean, Harry's an unbelievable passer, but... Modric, I think, Modric is a notch below Xavi and Iniesta as a midfielder and his passing was just 
perfect. It was it was always the right pass. It always progressed play, and it is the reason why so many other players in that side, Van der Vaart, Bale, yeah. Crouch, or Adebayor, or Defoe, or Keane, they all basically Lennon. They all played their very best uh, with him in the team. So I'm going to go for Luke. Lovely. Are you writing it down Elio's answers as opposed to your own? Because it'd be good to have a record of these. Um, Fine. Dribbling. That's easy. I mean, there's so there's so <laughs> many options. I mean, there's David Ginola, obviously. Yep. There's um, it depends. I mean, Bale could beat players for fun, but if we're talking about pure in and out tricks and skill and weaving, it's always going to be Ginola. No so contest. my next one, which does overlap, was actually tricks, tricks and skills. Who are you going to put in for that? Uh, that's easy as well. Yeah, and Dombele, yeah? I mean, Adel Tarat. I- Thanks very much. <laughs> yeah, that's actually I- a great shout. Tarab. I was actually, I was, I promise you, I was one hundred percent going to say it. <laughs> you should have six star skills on FIFA. Yeah. Okay. Fair yeah. enough. Fair enough. Um, pace. What about pace? Could be any player. Lennon. Aaron Lennon. Yeah. Aaron, Aaron Walker. Lennon. Yeah. Lennon's faster. No. Lennon. Okay, fair enough. Lennon had the pace with close control. Walker's just ah, blistering pace. Good shout. Good shout. First touch slash control. Dimitar Berbatov. I thought Who you else? might say him. Well, I, 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 went, I, him. I went with the other guy. I went for Robbie Keane. Robbie Keane's a great shout for that as well. But, but yes, uh, but no Berbatov. arguments with Berbatov, to be honest. Physicality. So just, you know, all-round brute strength and power. We, I mean, we've had a few, but I think even if we've had stronger players, have we had anyone that uses their strength better than Moussa Dembele? Great shout. That's a good answer. I mean, he could have a, a shout for he some could of have a few of these, these yeah. He could have dribbling as Harry Kane gave him. Uh, next up, I've got work rate. It's an interesting one. It's not a flashy one, but it's important. I mean, work rate doesn't have to mean a non-flair player because no one works harder than Luka Modric or Aaron Lennon, for instance. But I think hmm. I think you've got to go with Scotty Parker for that one. The guy, Ooh. the guy was an absolute juggernaut. He covered every blade of grass until his legs stopped working. That is a great, great shout. I'm really liking these answers. We're almost there. There's about six left of these now. So next up is just quite simply defending. Is this you trying to replace the fact that you host Challenge Elliot with a new thing that you can do? <laughs> yeah. yeah, this might become a theme. Something if anyone thought the podcast the was going to get shorter. <laughs> no, I just thought you'd appreciate this. And you're doing brilliantly, Elio. I'm enjoying this. I, uh, I'm sure at least one other person is. Uh, yeah, defending. Ledley. Ledley no, King. No one else. Yeah, I had to put it in there. I thought it might be obvious, but Ledley King. Free kicks. It's a tricky one. Probably close between Ericsson and Bale. Um, I think Ericsson probably scored a few more, but the ones Bale scored were pretty spectacular. Mm. I think I'm going to go with Ericsson. I know he's got a bit of a rep as having missed a lot of free kicks, but he scored a lot for us as well. Not just so. direct free kicks, though. Let's talk about you know wide indirect free kicks as well. We're going with Ericsson. Dave's got a shout. Go on. Christian Zieger. <laughs> he did get one against Arsenal. <laughs> just for that one. I'll tell you something. One of our ex-players scored a lovely one yesterday. Trippier. Oh, Trippier. But I don't remember him scoring any for us, Loved though. It. I, rem- I, I think- only really remember him scoring that one for England in the semi and that one yesterday, to be honest. I'm sure he scored more, but I don't really think of him as a, a free kick master. I remember Teddy Sheringham once scored a 30-yarder against Derby County, which was just something else. Um, no, yeah. I- I'm going to stick to my guns on Ericsson for this one. Okay, just four left, and they're really important ones. Starting with confidence, which doesn't have to be well-placed confidence or justified <laughs> confidence. Um, once again, Berbatov. Yeah, guy- oh, I'll tell you something. I mean, 
Oh, actually. Just on Berbatov, if you ever get a chance, anyone listening, if you ever get a chance to watch Soccer Box with Neville and Berbatov looking back over some of his goals, it will back up that answer because he's mm. just sitting there absolutely just loving his own work to saying, look how good I am. Look at that. Touch. Look at that finish. I'm so classy. He, he, like, I don't know if he was like that when he was playing, but he played like he was. He was so. confident. He was arrogant and it was beautiful. But yeah. also Benoit Asuakoto. Don't you wish oh, your left back was B-A-E. Is. He is a man who is in with a shout, although I have a feeling he might take the silver medal in this next one, which is the all-important attribute for the perfect footballer, hair. There's so many contenders. <laughs> I thought this was a slam dunk. You thought I was just going to go straight to Ginola, the L'Oreal advert. No, no. I mean, Benoit, his, hair was, his hair was immaculate. Um, Dave, you know give, your input on this you one. You've got to give Delhi props for the balls he showed to have his pink and blue and <laughs> yellow hair towards the end. Um, anyway, ooh. I'm going to have to stop you on that important point because Dave has an update from Old Trafford. 2-1. 2-1. 10 minutes to go. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. Right. Well, Elio. Oh, by the way, hair... Huddleston. I mean, <laughs> his afro when he didn't. Huddleston's was incredible when he said he wouldn't shave it till he scored a goal. Brilliant, brilliant. Two more. Go on. Thunderbastarding. Yes, that's a word. I mean, it's got to be Eric Edmund just for the goal against Liverpool. <laughs> oh, Wanyama also scored or, a similar one against Liverpool. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, speaking of Liverpool. I think Hoiberg got one against Liverpool as well, uh, potentially. But uh, I, no, Eric Edmonds, it was just, it was the most thunderbastardy thunderbastard you've ever thunderbastarded. Did we ever have anyone that scored them on a regular basis? I mean, apart from Ruben Neves, I don't think anyone really scores them on a regular basis. But I can't think of anyone better than that, for sure. Uh, and finally, housing. <laughs> Prince Eric. <laughs> it's got to be, hasn't it? Romero starting to claw his way back up to him, but no. Yeah, but Lamella stepped on Fabregas's hand, so he sure did, and loads of other hilarious, brilliant things. Is any any uh, from look, any from the who are your wind up merchants in the, like the first fifteen years of the Premier League? You. We didn't That's have a good shout, actually. We, yeah. we, we didn't have shit houses. We you were just, just shit. You were just, <laughs> neutral, you were just neutral. You just PH seven. Gazi used to wind players up. Sheringham did a little free. bit. He wasn't the nicest mm. character. Um, Delhi's done his fair share. Justin Edinburgh, bless him, rest in peace, obviously. Mm. Um, we had a lot of nice players. That's why the whole phrase, lads, it's Tottenham came about. Yeah, soft spurs. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, well, look, I know I'm elongating this podcast even further. I promise we're going to try and move this along quickly. But I did just want to talk about a couple of things. First of all, we've not mentioned them because we hate them and they're a horrible, disgusting excuse for a football club. But do we need to be worried about Arsenal at the moment because they are off to a flying start haven't had the trickiest fixtures fair enough but i think they're playing quite well and elio i'd like you to reassure me and tell me why arsenal aren't going to win the league this year without saying Mikel arteta i'm joking you can say Mikel arteta <laughs> that's the answer <laughs> is it, it that is, simple but, but also that they've had a, a good run of fixtures to start the season with and i think it'll just end up in tears once they get a run of games against Leicester teams. I think I saw a stat that actually proved based on their opponents last season's league positions that they have had the easiest starts. They're a good yeah, side. They've got that. good players. They finished three points behind us last season or something. So it's not as if we came into the season streets ahead of them. But I really mm. I don't see them winning the title. I think we're more likely to win the title. Fair enough. I think there's things um, we need to do for that though. There's a period and I shared this with you guys on the group. There's a period in October, first of October to the twentieth of October, where they've got three mm. home games against you guys, Liverpool and City. Uh, and sandwiched in the middle of that is away at Ellen Road. 
If they can come out with nine points or more out of that, then they deserve the league. But yeah. they won't. They'll come out with at most three. They'll have European games by then as well, won't they? Yeah. It's yeah. Early yeah. October. That'll be a different proposition. I guess that's where their depth comes in and we can see what they're made of beyond their first that's 11. It. The other team I want to talk about is a team who are currently playing and currently losing as things stand. Liverpool, who are off to a terrible start, it must be said. And yes, they are still Liverpool and there's a long way to go in the season. So I don't want to get too carried away. But from what you've seen so far in this season, Elio, are you looking at Liverpool and thinking they're there for the taking and that maybe we should be looking at them as rivals and we could actually finish ahead of them? Maybe second isn't that unrealistic. I think that's fair. I think they're ahead of us. I still think they're likely to finish ahead of us. But if we get something right, we might overtake them. I do think that the Mane loss is really big. I hate to be one of those fans, but I really hope we're looking at this, the way the league started, and thinking there's an opportunity there and mm. actually go and do something in the final 10 days or whatever's left of the transfer window because because there really, I think, is an opportunity to do something big this season. I think City have their vulnerabilities, yeah. I, I think, and they can't get over 90 points every single season. Everything has an expiry date yeah. at the end of it. So Guardiola's Barcelona side did as well, and they're a better side than the City side. I think Liverpool do have a stale-ish midfield at this point and I do think that their attack is going to suffer without Mane they're also not quite sure who goes down the middle Salah's really the only kind of stonewall starter in their front three and it could be tricky for them Chelsea are obviously a flawed side Arsenal will be a flawed side that will come out in the woodwork we Mm. are too but I think if we go and do something good in the transfer market then we could have a really special season and I hope it's a bit better than some of what we've been linked to to truth I hope it's something a little bit more blockbusting and I know this sounds a bit like spoiled fan syndrome yeah. <laughs> and I won't get carried away upset if this doesn't happen but I look at some of the links I look at sort of Dan James no disrespect to Leeds or to him he's a decent player yeah. or the links to Traore again or the links to Anthony Gordon I think is this really what's going to push us to actually having a title challenge? I mean, I, I just don't think Antonio Conte is sitting there and in his beautiful Italian accent going, uh, please, Sir Gordon, now! Like, I just... <laughs> There's I just your episode title. Just like There's like your episode that. title. <laughs> wow. So, so we'll see. Dare I say shades of 2016 a little bit where everyone kind of started slowly except Leicester, whereas obviously apart from Arsenal, no one's really flown out the blocks and it's kind of there for the taking on paper. Maybe this is the time for someone to step up and fill that void. Who knows? Who knows? Well, we will see. How is the match looking over there at Old Trafford at the moment, Dave? How long's left? Three minutes to go. Three yeah. minutes to go. Two, one, two uh, to wow. scum. But again, management going on. We're on down with cramp. Yeah, um, I see Ronaldo just jogging brought, onto the pitch very slowly, on. Uh, yeah, <laughs> limping <laughs> on. That's who you need to bring on when you need to put your shut up shop. There you go. Well, Dave, one last question before we do challenge Elio. Are Spurs going to finish above Liverpool this season? Um, no. There you go. We'll see who's right in approximately 35 game weeks. Right, so finally, on to Challenge Elio. So this is the point of the show where we do a trivia game, which traditionally has been hosted by me, but as I have proved time and time again that I'm incapable of getting the answers right and doing the required research, we've decided to hand it over to our resident Spurs expert, Elio, who is going to be asking Dave and me a series of questions relating to Spurs and maybe relating to some slightly more general football. So Elio, take it away. Cool. So I'm going to keep to a similar format, something related to what's just happened, something related to what's about to happen. And of course, the 
ever popular. Who am I? So kicking off with what's just happened. Harry Kane scored our 1000th Premier League goal the other day. And I want to ask a few questions related to that. So very quick fire. And this isn't a knockout situation. Just keep going until one of you gets it. Once upon a time, a Spurs player scored the 10,000th Premier League goal. Who was that player? I actually know this, but I'm going to give you a guess, Dave, out of courtesy. I think Dave, I, you can go first. I think I actually know the answer. Can I write it down just in case by chance he flukes it? Yes, you can. Or, you know, knows it because he knows so much about football. Which Spurs striker of yonder years gone by scored the 10,000th Premier League goal? Didn't know we give him clues Let's well. Ferdinand. Congratulations, Dave. Outstanding. Well played, Dave. Did you actually know that? Or was that a shot in the dark? Yeah. You did? I did know that. Yeah? Yeah. Very good. I, I, I remember watching Soccer Saturday at the time or whatever it was, and they were saying, oh, the next goal is going to be the 10,000th. And I was there with Smeech, and we were like, oh, can you imagine if it's Ferdinand? Because at the time, we thought he was this absolutely useless donkey, and it would have been like, to our <laughs> childish minds, that was a hilarious concept. And then, of course, it was. So, yeah, I remember that quite clearly. In the history books. I couldn't tell you who it was against or anything about the goal, but I'm sure you were about to earlier. Well, I was going to ask you who it was against. <laughs> Give you a chance oh, to redeem yourself. I see what yourself. you did there. You just switched it around. Oh, we can never catch Elio out now because he's just going to flip them around on us. Uh, I do not know who it was against, I'm afraid. That's... Not to worry. You won't have a chance for a point there, but it was Fulham. Oh, would not have guessed that. So, Dagus, your question now. Who did Harry Kane score his first Premier League goal against? Is this a question for all of us or is this just to me now? No, this is for you. This is for me. Who did Harry Kane score his first? Oh, I hate that I don't know this. I really should know this. Um, I've got a feeling it was against one of his old loan clubs for some reason. I'm going to go with Leicester because he scored a lot against Leicester. It was not. No. It was not. I'll throw it to Dave and if he can't get it, I'll tell you who it is. But there's a follow-up question. Uh, hmm. Norwich? <laughs> nope. It wasn't a Would previous loan club. <laughs> it was actually on his first Premier League start under Tim Sherwood against Sunderland. I wouldn't have got that. Sunderland. Sunderland. So here's the follow-up question. And Dave, this goes to you. What season was that? I've just mentioned that Tim Sherwood was our manager at the time. So that might help you a bit. It really doesn't. Um, 13, 14? Year out, it was 14, 15. Oh. Nobody gets the points for this one. Oh, good guess. So, as Dagus mentioned earlier, Harry Kane has 185 Premier League goals. Dave, how many were with his head? Oh, I like this. In fact, actually, I'm going to throw this out to both of you. Both of you give me a number and the closest one wins. But Dave can go first because technically it's his question. Do I just go plus one or minus one on his yeah, answer? I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> how about we just write uh, down answers and then we show you and you can read them out. Okay, go for that. What's a good number? Don't tell me how to do challenge, Elio. I'm going to take away a point if you do that again. <laughs> Ready? This might, yeah. I might have written this a bit small, but if you can see that. Oof, that's high, Dave. Dagus, that is incredible. Am I spot on? You are spot that on. Is 32 Premier League goals. Fluke. 32. Well that is an absolute fluke. Just like Dave saying Ian Walker last week was an absolute fluke. Not quite. <laughs> um, so, well done, Dagus. Do I get 10 how points How many for have that? been with... No, you don't. How many have been with his right foot? I have to do some actual maths now to come up with an educated guess on this. Just write it down. Uh, right, I'm going to say... I'm going to go with 88. I've got him with 110. Dagus is closer again with 110. It's not right. And for the sake of good sport on the final question, I'm not going to tell you what the actual number is uh, until afterwards. But Dagus is right. I'm closer. And what did you say, Dave? You said 
I said 88. 88, yeah. Crazy. I mean, he's good with his left, but that would be a bit... Uh, right. In that case, I'm going to go for this with his left. Okay. I go for 42. Ooh, that's close. I've gone 50. You've gone. And Dave is right. So it was 113 with the right foot and 39 with left Ooh. foot. So Dave was closer rather than right. All right. But he still gets the point. Well done, Dave. Thanks very much. Just another so, example just of office. how much I know about Spurs. <laughs> how many free kicks has Harry Kane scored? Both of you write down oh, a number. Wow. We're only going off Premier League. Zero. Also, by the way. I mean, I think he's missed about 100 in the last two seasons alone. Let's see. It's definitely not zero. Uh, just to be clear, by the way, this is out of his Premier League goals. He had over his 185 Premier League goals. I've got my number. Yeah, same. I'm really not sure about it, though. Five. I've gone for one. Because I can't remember that. It It is one. Yeah. <laughs> he has scored one free kick out of all those attempts. And in that the was a deflection, League. wasn't it? That was his first one. Yeah. It was a deflection. It's what got him into the team against Aston Villa to give us a win in 15-16. This so, guy sucks. Um, Who is this guy? What could have been if he hadn't been a free kick master for that one free kick? Not quite. I did make a mistake earlier, by the way. Oh. See, really, I'm I, should, own it. I should jump on this, I've but I'm, at, I'm going to show mercy. You should. No, no, I'm going to show mercy. Was, I'm, I'm going to be the bigger it was man. In the, it, it was in the 13-14 season, the goal versus Sunderland. 14-15 was the goal just now against Villa. So that was so a mistake. I actually had that written down for what it's worth, but I didn't get to answer. And lastly, how many penalties has he scored? Ooh, that's a great question. Lords. <laughs> Most of them. Um, hang on, hang on. I need to think about this. I've got mine. Chop, chop. All right. I'm going to go for a nice round number and hope for the best. 30. Oh, we both said 30. Ooh, it's 28. <laughs> oh, so we both get the point. Makes no well, difference. My, 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 my 30 was slightly smaller. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't try that. Nobody's getting a point. Ah, oh, well, it's a decent effort. It's not Negative bad. marking here. He's not um, bad, that Harry. No, I think, I think you've both done well here. You're drawing two all after the first round of questions. So let's see what question two brings. We are about to play Nottingham Forest. Our most famous fixture, uh, I think pretty inarguably, is the 1991 FA Cup final. We beat them 2-1. Who scored the goals that day? Um, I'm going to let you each just go for a goal scorer. I, I can't imagine this is going to be too kind to Dave, but, um, yeah, but don't fear, Dave. I can't always I'm, be biased. I'm going to expose myself as a, a terrible Spurs fan and not know all of these. I might know some. Um, you going first, Dave? I, I literally couldn't tell you a single player. Gary Mabbott. So He was our captain that day. <laughs> yeah. He was 87 that he had a horrible day. 87 was the one that earned him he a was 87 in the cup. <laughs> <laughs> no, the 87 <laughs> final, I'm, I'm buying time here. The 87 final earned him a Coventry City fanzine named after him called Gary Mabbott's name. Oh, yeah. I, I, heard, about I, yeah, I heard about that. I heard about that. And he was interviewed. I told you guys, didn't I, when he had been interviewed yeah, by yeah. Adrian Charles? Yeah, was yeah, a really that's good right. Interview. Yeah, that was, that was the one. That's where I learned it as well. Um, I believe, speaking of own goals, that there was one in that game. I think it was Des Walker. Correct. That was our winner, in fact. Yeah. Just shout out answers out, otherwise we'll be Dave? here for a while. Dunno, Lineker. Nope. So a safe bet from that team. But I don't Who do you think, think scored Forrest's goal? Think of how the goal was scored. Uh, I think I know this. Still no use to Dave. It was uh, no Psycho, wasn't it? Stuart Pierce. It was Stuart Pierce. Was it a penalty? Was a free kick. Penalty, I think. Free kick. Oh, free kick, okay. And who scored our other goal, our equaliser? <laughs> I've got a name in my head. Who either scored our equaliser or wasn't even playing. 
but I think it was Paul Stewart. <laughs> it was Paul Stewart. <laughs> I did better than I thought I was going to do there. Well, Elio, you, you don't have to disown me as a Spurs fan just yet. You, you did, get, did get all three. Okay, who was our manager that day? Dave? Venables? Yes. Very good. It is one where you can both shout out, by the way. I'm not uh, going, I feel going like back and forth. This is such a Spurs question that I need to at least give him yeah, the first dibs. You're much nicer than me. Um, Appreciate that, Dex. So when I lose, I can use that as an excuse. Sure, sure, sure. <laughs> very, very famously, that was Paul Gascoigne's last game for us. He broke his leg with a terrible, terrible tackle that probably should have had a red card, <laughs> not a yellow. He probably got the yellow out of sympathy. Never played for us again, and it delayed his record-breaking transfer to Lazio by an entire year. To the nearest minute... When did Gaza make that tackle to break his leg? Or it's when Stuart Pearce scored the free kick given away by that Gaza challenge. Uh, I feel like I'm going to go like pretty much stroke of half time, 45. What about you, Dave? 32. Dave is closer. It's 17th minute. Ah, so Dave 17th. Gets Ooh, that's a rough one. Isn't Early it? doors. Breaking your leg and being stretched off 17 minutes in. And that's basically the best player. Have, yeah. Not that much time will have passed between giving away the free kick and conceding the goal, I imagine, because we didn't have VAR to check it back then. Imagine if VAR had given him a red card when he broke his leg at the same <laughs> it time. It would have been pretty savage, wouldn't it? So, Probably the only reason he didn't get a red card. Sympathy. In that match, in our lineup, was the nephew of another Spurs FA Cup winner. So name me both the uncle and the nephew. Wait, in that match was the uncle, you mean? No, oh, in that, that match was the, the nephew. nephew. Oh. That uncle won it at another oh, point. Oh, I yeah, I know. Can I answer? Paul Allen? Paul Allen was the nephew. Clive Allen. The is. nephew. When, Cl- and when did Clive he win the FA Cup? The, FA Cup for us. Oh, no. the uncle was Les Allen, oh. who won the FA Cup for us okay. in 1961. Yeah, right. I kind of fluked that one then. I would definitely have said Clive. Yeah, yeah of I course. Think yeah, I he got didn't. my words wrong a lot there. Clive was in that final that we lost against Coventry, wasn't he? That we mentioned yeah, he earlier. Was. He scored 49 goals that season and had nothing to show for it. His generation's <laughs> Harry Kane, you might yeah. say. So, uh, Do you reckon they were trying to sell him to Man United and Man City as well? Well, quite. So Dagus gets a point for that one and neither of you were getting Les Allen. So final one in this round. Nottingham Forest brought on an ex-Spurs player in that match. Someone called Steve Hodge. When did Steve Hodge leave Spurs to sign for Nottingham Forest? I feel like Steve Hodge has Super been an answer Steve, before. Super Steve Hodge. Steve Hodge won a Young Player of the Year, which is no relevance to this whatsoever. I just remember that being a Challenge Elio answer from episodes gone by. In no way it helps me formulate an answer for this question. Yeah, and in As no such, way am I buying time either, but I'm assuming that Steve <laughs> Hodge in that summer then signed for Leeds United. <laughs> yeah. Steve Hodge did sign for Leeds United, having just got his runners-up medal for Nottingham Forest. But when did he sign for Nottingham Forest from Spurs is what I want to know. Dave, should we disagree to form a stand I against feel, this I question? Feel like, I feel like we've got such like surrounding collateral yeah, knowledge we, to we this. Deserve we've, already something. Got, we've already got the point. We deserve something for it. I think we should, in protest, I mean, we should just not Dagus give any answers. To this? I mean, Dagus, if you don't come up with an answer, Dave's getting the point because he's the only <laughs> one that's given us useful what information. What was the question again? When, when did, did we sell Steve Hodge to Nottingham Forest? He played against us in 1991. It's not going to be in 1964, is it? Um, I reckon it was... You wouldn't be asking unless it was something outrageous like ages afterwards. Uh, Let's go with 97. We sold Steve Hodge to Nottingham Forest after... Oh, sorry. I thought you said we sold him from... Well, I've lost (laughs) that. Sorry, I thought you said when did we... you get the point. What year was it? (laughs) Was it it 1990? 
No, it was 1988, but you were closer, so you, you get were the slightly closer, Dave. Sorry, I didn't understand the question. Is it might have been obvious? It's all you irrelevant, though. Stupid. It's all irrelevant because now it's Dave's superpower, so I might as well just throw in the towel from here. I mean, you're already losing at this point. <laughs> no. Actually, no, you're not. You are just about winning by one right answer across the first two questions. But Dave Strike will count. still win. Stop the count. Dave will still win if slash when he gets the answers. Who am I, right? Who am I? You can just shout out answers on this. Dave, I don't want to alarm you, but I'm making notes this time. So oh, I should do that. I've got my big boy pants on this week. Well, at least you've got pants on. <laughs> Please, Elio, give us a clue. I have played for one other Premier League club. Can we guess? Go Go for it. Benoit Asso No. I was going for the new record. (laughs) I'm not guessing. All right. That's good. I scored nine Premier League goals in my first season in the Premier League. That's not bad. Either of you? Not necessarily four Spurs either, right? No. No, no idea. I got all confident after one clue and now I'm backing down. (laughs) I have... 75 international caps. That's not that many players with that many caps. That's good. Oh, I've got a guess. Go on. Is it Moussa Dembele? It is not Moussa Sidiaya Dembele. Because <laughs> he was a striker, wasn't he? So I thought that might not be outrageous. I've got a guess. Oh, no. Go oh, on. no. It's happening again. I mean, it's a long shot, but is it Gordon Jury? It is not Gordon oh, Jury. Not, not a bad guess, though. Um, I played for two Spurs managers. <laughs> Why do I feel like one of them was not at Spurs? And this is a trick question. <laughs> sort of thing you would do. No, I mean, I played for two managers at okay, Spurs. Okay, okay. Yeah. yeah. That's not going to help me. That's not going to be the, the straw that broke the camel's back, I'm afraid. Mm. I was twice my nation's player of the year. Uh... What's your thought process right now, Dave? Well, I think the two Spurs managers is a bit of a rubbish clue. <laughs> we go that, through that like five means you could have played for Spurs for 24 hours. <laughs> I keep going back to this nine Premier League goals, and I'm thinking that's going to be surprising somehow. Like, it's not someone you'd expect to have scored nine goals in their first season. I don't know why. I, I can't help feeling like Elio's trying to trip us up. Maybe I should have more faith. Um, Any guesses? No. No guesses from me. No. I am five foot eight. That's that's narrowing things. Um, no. Anything? I had an idea, but I, I no. Five foot eight. I have won my home country's top division as both a player and a manager. Oh wow! Okay. Home country's top division as both a player and a manager. Mm-hmm. I feel like that should be the clue that gets it for us. That's a big clue, isn't it? Ooh. Who's got to be a manager? Can't be that many. So it's a... Anything? National legend for his country. This is tough. This is very tricky. Yep, go on. Yeah, come on. I scored my country's first ever World Cup qualifying goal against Northern Ireland. Okay, so that at least gives us a continent. Next question? Yeah. I played 60 games in the Premier League for Spurs. Okay. I'm already feeling like this is going to be one where we kick ourselves if we don't get it or whoever doesn't get it. I think I've given you the hardest clue so far, so not yet. 60 Premier League games for Spurs. 
And that could be Either a couple be. of seasons, two managers. I'm just saying words now. I, I'm Don't listen to me. At Spurs, I was managed by George Graham and Glenn Hoddle. George Graham. Oh, wait. Hang on. And Glenn. I don't know why I had it in my mind that he managed his country. I've been thinking of people who manage their own country. It's not that, is it? It's managed a club, won the league as a player the t- in their home country, top division. Yeah. As a player and a manager. Okay. Do you have a guess? No, no, I don't. I just, I'm now one oh, step well, closer. Go on, Dave. Hang on. The gears are turning. He's got that grin on his face. Something's happening. Oh, God. Uh, is it Jika Popescu? It is not, but that is a really, really good guess. Yeah, good guess. Um, I am a licensed operator <laughs> of amateur radios. <laughs> not helicopters. Not helicopters, no. He's a licensed amateur radio operator, whatever the hell that means. I, I, that is definitely not the clue that's going to light up the light bulb for me, I'm afraid. But I appreciate it nonetheless. I left on a free in 2004. I'm just going to start reading out some clues just for listeners and myself who are way lost. So five for eight has won the league as a player and a manager in his home country's top division. Nine Premier League goals in his first season. One other Premier League club. 75 international caps has been his country's player of the year twice. Was that played under two Spurs managers, Graham and Hoddle. And the licensed operator of radio. <laughs> Amateur radio. radio. Yeah, he's not, he's not Chris Evans. <laughs> he's not even a pro <laughs> radio operator. I was once Spurs' record signing. Oh, God. This is where the listeners are shouting okay. at their podcasts. Yeah. I, th- I think I'm going to have a guess. Was it? Go on. Sergei Rebrov. It was oh. Sergei Rebrov. God. Well done. The problem with this well game is done. that it's fine when Dave gets it after two clues and I've got no hope. But when there have been so many clues like that, like you say, Dave, Rip you can off. hear the listeners oh. screaming it at you. You have won a challenge earlier. How do you feel? I'm pretty certain that's the first time I've ever won it. And I'm definitely certain it's the first time I've won it solo. So I feel great, actually. Well, we were soon to run out of clues. Yep, let's have the rest of the clues. Have we got any more? The rest of the clues were he signed in the year 2000 and he's Ukrainian. Okay. <laughs> I mean, that one, the, the Ukrainian. I mean, if you just started with Ukrainian, that's pretty much just him, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Rebrov. Rebrov, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I nine goals. all the time on, on Champman. Nine goals he in his first great. season is not great. I remember I remember Rebrov just being like B-Tech Shevchenko, but we were still pretty excited, weren't we? Because it was like, they were tearing it up in the Champions League, Dynamo Kiev. And it was like... Mm. If Shevchenko didn't score, it was going to be Rebrov. But alas. Yeah, I, re- I seem to remember that. Don't worry, we're just getting him so we can get Shevchenko. Fine. <laughs> yeah, we'll get him, yeah. mate. We'll get him to sweet talk Shevchenko. Yeah. <laughs> it looks like we dodged a bullet with Shevchenko in the end in the Premier League, but you know, never mind. Who was, oh, who was a bigger flop? Late, who was a bigger flop? That's the real question. Well, um, 27 games and one goal for West Ham, I think the Atlanta's obvious. <laughs> <laughs> Shevchenko played for West Ham um, <laughs> yeah so that was this week's challenge Elio I hope you enjoyed playing uh, listeners I hope you enjoyed listening I apologise for the mistake early on it wasn't technically a mistake in one of the questions though more an add-on trivia all right, the real okay. question is Elio how nice. would you have responded had I made that quote-unquote mistake you'd have taught me a new one and you know it so I hope you go easier on me next week. (laughs) Exactly. Well, look, that is 
probably enough podcast one week but i've enjoyed it and i very much enjoyed winning that episode of challenge elio and i've got a taste for it now so dave you better be ready next week because i think i'll i might even do some prep next week i might even try and anticipate some of elio's questions if that's not cheating but yeah for everyone who's still with us and still listening i hope you enjoyed challenge elio and i hope you've enjoyed the podcast and as i said earlier please do get in touch with us on twitter and let us know if you have any thoughts on the wolves game on our dare we say it's title credentials and just on anything coming up in the Spurs season obviously the Champions League draw as well and in fact that's coming up in a couple of days so I'm sure you'll all have plenty to say about that but please join us again next week where we will have at least these two again and who knows maybe even an extra guest maybe the elusive Joe Brooker might decide that that is the week he's going to join us again we might even bring in somebody new just to freshen things up you never know just a last minute deadline day signing but we will see either way we will certainly be back to talk about the Nottingham Forest game and to look ahead to the following game, which Elio is right about to tell me, is against... West Ham. <laughs> we go. said this already. Oh, you, you did. You did. They've started really well. Because my... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Dr. Tottenham to the rescue incoming. Yeah, we'll be talking <laughs> about the Forest game retrospectively and looking ahead to West Ham. More challenge, Elio. More ridiculousness. So please do join us then. Until then, you stay classy, Spurs fans, and we'll see you next week. <laughs> <laughs>